Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Growing in Grace, the podcast at growingingrace.org. My name is Joel Brzezinski. This other guy, <laughs> this other guy, I don't know. He's he's always here for some reason, but his name is Mike Kapler. And <laughs> Elaine Bennis <laughs> called me that once. The who? other guy. She knew who, who you were. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a Seinfeld thing. Okay, I figured it. it had to be I figured it had to be Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I watched a lot of that, but I didn't I'm not I was not nearly into it as much as you were. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think it was funny. So here we are together. Yes, we've been doing this a long, long time, and it's good. We love, you know. Hopefully, you're still with us after our uh, well. It, what ended up being six weeks on uh, the law being abolished. I th- I really enjoyed that. Um, it was a way for us to express our thoughts on on that topic. And thank you for your comments and for any conversations that happened. You know, we're all in this uh, grace boat together. And even if we if we agree or disagree on things, that's cool. Another subject that I. I I think this one will be easier for um, our listeners to to accept and to understand. And I think this is important for us to understand. Um, you know, talking about, um, should we just get into it, the light of the world? Why not? Uh, Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount again. Yes. <laughs> so it, during our series on the law being abolished, we brought up some words of Jesus about the law. But he also said some other things. So again, the setting of the Sermon on the Mount Let's just talk about this real quick, because it does provide some good context. Now, we see at the end of chapter 4 of Matthew that there were people from all nations, you know, people from all over Galilee, you know, great multitudes, a lot of Gentiles were in the area, from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And then chapter 5 starts out with, And seeing the multitudes, Jesus, he, Jesus, went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them saying and so all of these words that jesus says were to his direct disciples it wasn't to all these multitudes you see you see like um i used to watch jesus of nazareth the the miniseries that came out in the late 70s i saw that several times and i always picture jesus walking around all these multitudes on the mountain but he wasn't walking around to all these people from all over the area he was seated and his disciples who were all jews came to him. And it would have been more than the 12 at this time. There would have been, I think there would have been quite a few. But anyway, the point is, is that he was talking to Jewish people. He wasn't talking to uh, a whole bunch of people from around the world or of different nations. He wasn't talking to Gentiles. And so that's the setting of the Sermon on the Mount. It was really the sermon when he was sitting. <laughs> but so and, and, and teaching his disciples. As, as you said, there could have been uh, at least dozens at least hundreds of mm-hmm. disciples at that time. This was early in his ministry, yeah. but it wasn't the multitude that was waiting at the base of the mountain. Right. He wasn't talking to a whole bunch of people from, he wasn't talking to Gentiles. He was talking to Jewish people. And so he says several things in addition to what we're going to be talking about, but he says, um, you, in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. And Cap, you've talked about this in your book, The Clash of the Covenants. 
But if the salt loses its flavor, I heard you take a breath. Did you want to say something? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that's another thing people like to refer to us as in our identity in Christ, but we're, we're not the salt of the earth. That, that's a covenant thing that Jesus is, is talking about, and there are reference to that under the law in the Old Covenant in Leviticus, Numbers, and, and even Second Chronicles, for example. Um, so there was this close connection between uh, salt and, and covenant. Uh, but it has nothing to do with us today as believers in Christ. Right, and so that's something worth looking into. And then uh, in the next uh, verse, verse 14, and this is really what we were wanting to get to, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men shine make them wonder what you got <laughs> make them wish that they were not on the outside looking bored <laughs> news boys news boys alert <laughs> that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven and so yeah i used to take that as hey you know i as a believer i'm the light of the world and i i shouldn't hide my light under a basket but put it on a lampstand and and then i should let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify the father my father which is in heaven but okay so in and of itself it sounds good it sounds like a really neat thing yeah ah, sounds good but the context again jesus is not talking to christian believers he's not talking to us as believers in Christ, he's talking to those who were under the law. He's talking to Jews. They are the ones who are the light of the world. And so we'll bring up some other passages from the Old Testament that talk about this, and even from the New Testament, too, that that talk about this. So I think when it becomes about us being the light of the world, see, this was a thing where it was an expectation for them let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It was putting them in performance mode. And it puts believers, if they believe that this is about them, if they, if they believe that this is about us as Christian believers, it puts people in performance mode. I got to perform so that people will see my good works. And, and it makes it into a, a work and not into a thing of grace. Uh, but we'll show here how really the, the people who were the light of the world, Jesus was talking to Jews and he himself being the light as well. You know, even in uh, Matthew 6, the next chapter, as the sermon continued, uh, Jesus kind of addressed that from a different perspective about shining your light to be seen by others. And he kind of came down on it because there was this hypocritical thing taking place amongst Jewish people, especially Pharisees and others. But their their whole purpose, this is what self-righteousness does. The the whole purpose is to be seen by others. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's different when the righteousness of of God is in place, which it is now after the cross. So that was just going off on a little side trail there. But you are the light of the world. It's so easy, even for those of us who understand that this sermon was given to Jewish people who were under the law. It was not meant for Christians or believers or anybody else who was going to be following after the cross. Even when we understand some of those things, and and I know what I just said might be new to some people, uh, but even when we begin to understand that, we still can't seem to resist the temptation to want to pluck a verse out of context and somehow apply it a little bit differently. Now, this isn't a real big deal in my mind, but it it was brought up in, in, in the book, as you said, Joel, with the salt of the earth and the light of the world, Clash of the Covenants, if you want to pick that up. But this here 
he's talking to Jewish people under the law. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't put a lamp under a basket, but you put it on a stand where it can be seen, and it gives light to all who are in the house. The house of Israel is what should be kept in mind on mm-hmm. in context here. So let your light shine before others. Um, here's the point I want to make, if we haven't already clearly said this. You and I are not the light of the world. Now, at that time, Israel was considered the light because they were the only ones who had a covenant with God. But it was more like a lighthouse because the rest of the world was kind of far off. They may be able to see Israel. They may be able to see the light from a distance. But it was just a a whole different perspective here that Jesus was giving compared to how we want to apply this light thing to us today. You see, the the thing is, in, in the New Covenant writings, we're not called the light of the world. Just there, it's we think Jesus is talking to us all of a sudden when he says that, but he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to Israelites, and they were still under the law at that time. Um, so the people of Israel had been chosen as a nation of light, a city on a hill. Jesus, let's put it this way, we do reflect the one who is the light of the world. Jesus said, Jesus would later say after this, he would, he would later say, I am the light of the world mm-hmm. in John chapter eight. He, I am the light of the world. And there's nowhere in new covenant writings that tells us we're the light of the world, but we are in the light of Christ. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if you were, had this in mind, but Ephesians five, eight says you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Light in the Lord, exactly. Uh, that's all. You can also find this sort of thing in First uh, Thessalonians five, First uh, Peter two. We're in His light. Mm-hmm. It's not our light. When we say we're the light of the world, it's not the same as being in the Lord's light. Right. The the problem with that is, uh, and I'm not trying to make a pun here, but by saying we're the light, the light of the world, it puts the spotlight back on us instead of Jesus. And suddenly, it just real. Uh, it's it's tricky. The enemy is tricky sometimes. It all becomes about our light and how we're shining our light and what we're doing to shine our light and what happens when we're not shining our light based upon what we do. Um, And people get into all kinds of legalistic mindsets that way. So uh, we, uh, we do reflect the light of Christ, but it's his light. It's him in us, you see. We're in the light because we're in him. And so I just wanted to uh, have this conversation here today, Joel, because I think maybe it will take some of the pressure off of people in in, um, just resting in Christ, letting his light shine through them instead of them feeling like they've got to go and get a new light bulb every uh, hour or every week or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And you got to keep that thing charged and supercharged. Yeah, my light went out again. Yeah. And you got to go to church and hear a fiery sermon and get charged up and supercharged and everything. And well, (laughs) well, I mean, so, and I, and I think another place where um, some confusion has come about um, is something that was said in Acts 13. Paul and Barnabas were talking, and um, it just says Paul and Barnabas grew bold. Uh, so it doesn't say which one of them actually says this. But he, the, one of them said, for, the, the Lord, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. And so believers will take that as a message for believers, that this is for believers, that we need to be a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. But if you look at the context, that it was a Sabbath day. The whole city came together to hear the word of the Lord, going back to Acts 13, 44. 
But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, that is to Jews, to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles, for so the Lord commanded us. And in the context, he's talking about us, Jewish people. So the Lord commanded us, not believers, not Christians, but the Jews. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, verse 48, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And many of them came to the Lord uh, and received eternal life. So the point here is that it was for the people of Israel that this message was, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. They rejected Christ. They rejected the word of God that was spoken to them. It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it, we turn to the Gentiles. And so this light that they were meant to be, they rejected it. And so now let's let the Gentiles in on this thing too. I mean, that was the plan all along. We can see in the Old Covenant scriptures, in the Old Covenant passages, that God had always planned on bringing the Gentiles into this. But it was through, and it, it, we could go in you know, for a long time about this, but it was through the, the rejection of Israel, of the Messiah. It was through them rejecting him that it, it ended up going to the Gentiles, but that was the plan all along. Yeah, so as we wrap up this week, just to give a little more context to what Joel was talking about in Acts 13, you know, Paul, Barnabas, uh, they they were preaching the gospel in the synagogues where the Jewish people would go in. But apparently there there were opportunities for Gentiles to at least be on the outside, some sort of a porch Mm -hmm. or something where they could still hear what was going on. And Paul and Barnabas, based on their their reputation and, and other things, were getting the attention of Gentile people with this message of Christ. And so when they started speaking these things and they came out, the, the Jews came out of the synagogue, then the, the Gentiles were, were like, hey, you, you guys need to come back and, and tell more of this. Well, the next week, the entire community showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was there. And, and the, the Jews were getting frustrated about that. But throughout this chapter, you'll, you'll see where Paul or Barnabas, they are constantly referring back to scriptures from the Old Testament because Paul couldn't quote himself from the New Testament yet. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't give chapter and verse. So they used those passages to make their points of, about the gospel of Christ. And and this, I, I set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be uh, for salvation to the ends of the earth. If you can look in Isaiah 42, for example, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. This is prophetic about Christ. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand and I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles, and it goes on, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. And and, and so this is really a reference to Christ. Paul Mm -hmm. isn't coaching, or Barnabas isn't coaching people that they are the light. But again, we, we reflect the light of Christ because we're in him, he is in us. And it's his light. It's it's not ours. We we don't have any any claim to that. Right. Yeah. I should I should have been clear too when Paul and Barnabas said, "For so the lo- the Lord commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth." He was quoting from the Old Testament. He was quoting from Isaiah. So that was a quote from them. It was for the Jewish people, 
And, uh, you know, Isaiah 49 says similar things. I will give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. That was Isaiah 49, 6. Referring so, to Jesus. Referring to Jesus. I will give you, and in some versions, the you is capitalized, meaning that it's referring to Jesus, the Messiah. So we are light in the Lord, and that's a good thing. It's his light, and we are in union with him, and that's a good thing. But we are not the ones who are the light of the world itself. And so that's really what we wanted to get well, across Well, and, and it's really good news, Joel, just yeah. like we're not the salt of the earth, because what right. happens when salt loses its flavor, which it always does when there's a, a one single sin, then it gets thrown out. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be good news if we were the salt of the earth, uh, you're getting discarded like that, but the covenant was thrown out, you see. It was a covenant conversation. Yeah, the, the Sermon on the Mount was, was, a, was a bad news sermon, as we've you know established over the years. Jesus was speaking to Jesus again put, get, putting the law under a magnifying glass putting you know everything about Israel essentially under a magnifying glass and, and really hoping to get people to to the end of themselves to see that they're not all that they think they are you know that they can't perform up to the standard that they think they could and so uh, this whole new covenant of faith was needed that's what it was that was all about you know being led from law to faith being led that's like uh, an LED, LED light. <laughs> Imagine you coming up with a pun to end <laughs> the podcast. All right. That's it. We're out like a light. I'm washing my hands of this thing. <laughs> this has been Growing and Graced with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingandgrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.